to another episode of Salvation Solutions. I am Aviance. I am Aramis. So this is our first live. So we're going to make sure that we stay on point here, people. Papa D. Yeah, yeah. I'm yes, gonna do, confirm I'm that. Okay, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can <laughs> to be sure that we are Maintaining the course. Yes, 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 yes. That every word is not idle. Hey, that's good. That's good. We're going to talk about that, too. Okay. Right. So... For today, we're going to talk about words hurt more than sticks and stones, the power of the spoken word. Mm -hmm. I believe that this probably is probably going to be the most impactful for me. Oh, yeah. I I, I would say that because especially when you go through life, it's easier to speak your, your circumstances and how you feel rather than the truth of what you have in your heart or where God has spoken to you. Mm -hmm. So I think this will be very impactful for me personally. Right. Well, I want to I want to I want to go back and you said uh, you used the word truth. In reference to, say that again, you said. It's, it's easier for us to, to speak according to our circumstances rather than the truth that oh, is within got us. Oh, you. Yeah, I like that. That is so good. Because we, can, we use two words that I think confuse us. We use the word truth to speak to both our circumstances and we speak to, and to speak, and we reference it as it relates to the word of God. When actually, there's a difference between the facts of life and the truth of the word of God. But we use the word truth for everything. I might say, well, Aries, tell me the truth about what happened last week. That's, that's taking the word out of context. I should be saying, tell me the facts about what happened last week. Right. Right? Because, and we confuse truth with facts. And that's very important when it comes to distinguishing what it is that God has done or God is saying or what it is that is actually taking place in my life in, in real time, so to speak. There's the facts of life, but then there's the truth of life. The truth of life comes from the word of God. The facts of life may be the things that I've experienced, what I've gone through, um, that, that we, we got to be able to differentiate between what's truth and what are the facts. When you merge them together, it can get, it can get messy, oh, yeah. it can get cloudy, you know. So especially when you're talking about the power of words and, 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 and using our words to distinguish between things that are truth or that are from truth or, or emanate from truth or things that are are factual or things that have happened already. And to be able to, to distinguish those things is very important when it comes to, you know, walking by faith. People's truth, people's truth is, is a, a big deal nowadays where mental health is involved. People yeah. like to say, you know, well, this is, this is Damaris's truth. When it's, when, right, 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 right. Yeah, when it's, when it's actually Damaris's facts right. or Damaris's experience. That don't mean it was truth. Right. That don't mean it had anything to do with truth. Sanctify them by thy truth, John 17, 17. Thy word is truth. Jesus said, I am the truth, the way and the light. He is the truth. The truth is a, is a, is a person. The truth, rem remember the definition that we have of truth. Truth is God's reality. Mm -hmm. Truth is God's reality. When I, and, and the idea is for me to enter into God's reality for my life. That's truth. Now, there may be some facts, but they didn't have to have anything to do with the truth. I may, be, I may have went through something that had no association with truth at all. It was all my concoction. It was all my consequence. It was all my circumstance that I created, right? And, and, and one of the things that religion will do, it will make you think that everything that happens in your life is the will of God. Everything that, well, God is in control. No, that's what I'm really saying. Well, God is in control. Folks start running around the church. No, that's just foolishness. Well, well I, know, I know that we want to talk about this spoken word, but yeah, since yeah, you yeah, hit yeah, on yeah, that, yeah. can you please, because when it comes to the Old Testament, when people read it, yeah. Of course, can you just talk about how the Old Testament was from a time where people didn't know God right, and right. 
why they felt everything was from him? Right. So, so one of the things we got to understand when we read the Old Testament that, first of all, the, the Bible in itself is a progressive revelation. So things that we read that happened in, the, in Genesis was based on the limited revelation that God had revealed to those who wrote it. In that case, it would be Moses, right? It was a limited revelation. Then you go through, you know, all the other books. The revelation of the, of the comprehensive nature of God was, was not revealed to them. So they wrote in the causative, with one of the things that was progressive, that they, in their mind, God was the cause of everything. So that makes, that makes it a little blind to us and can cause some confusion when you, when you read it from that perspective. But as the word of God went on, we realized that God is not the cause of everything, that there is a permissive will in the realm of God, that there, God permits things. Oh, here's the thing. Well, God allowed it. Well, you allowed it. That's why God allowed it. Right. We know that now that now that we're further along in our revelation of who God is, that we we have a sovereignty. Just like God has a sovereignty, God won't use his sovereignty to violate my sovereignty. Right. They didn't understand that back then. But we know that now that the sovereignty that 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 God has, he he transmitted to man when he created him. Sovereignty comes down to one thing, the ability to choose. Now, I know religion going to throw, well, we ain't all powerful. We don't have to be all powerful to be sovereign. We don't have to be all. We just got to have the right to choose. Well, God may be all powerful and he has the right to choose, but God won't use his sovereignty to violate my sovereignty or else then he wouldn't be a loving God that he is. He, he, he would be machines. We'd be robots. So the point is that the Old Testament a lot of times reveals God as the cause of everything because that was the limited revelation that they had. Well, now on this side, we know that 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 God has a permissive will where where if you will to do a particular thing, then you have the ability or the right to do that. I think one of the biggest differences between man and the angels and why the angels was judged so severely when they chose to side with Lucifer was that it wasn't that they had they didn't have the ability to choose. They just didn't have the right to choose. Right. Because of what they know of God, I believe part of our ability to exercise the right to choose is, is our limited, limited knowledge of who God is. That's why he can be merciful to us. Remember Paul said he, he obtained mercy because he did it in ignorance. Yeah. Mercy is always con connected to ignorance. I know we, throw, we try to throw the mercy of God on everything. So are not. you saying that angels don't, don't get mercy? Like angels aren't shown mercy? Not, not saying that they need it right now, but just saying in, in the context of what you're saying, we're shown mercy because we... You know, we right. haven't been up there with him, so right. our angels not granted. Well, well, I, I would have to, I would have to say no to that because, because, when you look at how severely they were oh, penalized, yeah. I mean, I mean, Bobby don't give us no record that he showed any of mercy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't no record of that. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that's that's important for us to know that. And and then the other, the other thing that I would say to that is, when we read the. I think it might have been us we were talking about when we were talking about reading the Old Testament. I got a friend of mine that's reading the Old Testament, and he, and he felt like he was starting to become very brittle, very hard, very rigid. And I said, well, that's because you're reading it under the, under the guise of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like well, we got to read the old from the standpoint of the new now. We look back through the cross. When we look back through the cross, see, that's why Paul, that's why Paul had such a great revelation. Remember, he knew, the, he, knew the, he knew the old, like, the back of his hand, like he yeah. would quote. So when he got on this side of the cross, he looked through the cross back into the old. He was like, oh, my God, I see it now. Mm. I, I see it now. Because he was looking through the cross into the, into the old. Well, most folks don't do that. They just read it from the standpoint of the old. Right. And they become brittle and rigid. 
because there's a lot of law involved. But you got to read the old through the veil of the new. When you read the old through the veil of the new, now it's like, oh, my goodness, I see it, God. And when you're reading now, when you're on this side, when you're reading the new, now you can see into the old. I mean, I'm sorry. When you're reading the old, you can see into the new now. Now what you're reading here is like, man, okay. So that's where Jesus got that from. Oh, this is where Paul got that. Oh, I see. Not, not it all comes together, right? That's interesting because now coming into the power of the spoken word, if someone is stuck in the Old Testament, they can't really receive power of the spoken word because that's kind of in the new, isn't it? Right. Well, well, well the, no, the power of the spoken word is, 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 is it's, it, it was taking place. So, okay, so let me go back. So let's say it like this. I know the misconception is we have something in the new that they didn't have in the old. That's, that's a misconception. That's religion. Everything we have in the new, they had in the old. We just have it in a greater dimension. Moses had it. Back Moses then. had it. We had it in a greater light. We have it in a greater light. So the power of the spoken word, the power of the spoken word was manifested back then. David used, walked in the power of the spoken word, right? Noah walked in the power of the spoken word. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Abraham walked in the power of the spoken word. Abraham walked by faith. It was all back then. It just was, again, it was covered. And it wasn't as, it wasn't as accessible to everybody as it is to us today. Like Holy Spirit was in operation back then, but he was he had to come upon them. Now he's within us and upon us. Right. So we, we have it in a dimension that they just didn't have it in, but they still had it. They still operated in it. So the power of the spoken word, the power of the spoken word. See, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I know it's hard to get ourselves out of this Christian matrix of religion that causes us to think religiously. Right. So 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 David, Solomon, they all represented a kingdom. It's a king. You, you have to see it from the kingdom's perspective and not a religious perspective. When you look at the word of God as one book representing the kingdom of God and its operation, like 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 the New Testament is not the first time that God decided to reveal a kingdom that took place in Genesis 1, when he said, let man have dominion. That was that was the mandate for the kingdom of God. Adam was designed to rule, have dominion through governing or a governmental structure that was that was called the kingdom of God. Same thing we have over here in the New Testament. So we have to see it from the very beginning. God's idea was to have man rule the earth through the kingdom governmental structure. And that governmental structure is held together by the power of the spoken word of the king, right? The same way the king functions. So one of the things we got to understand, it's hard for us to grasp. In a kingdom, the king sets the standard for life. In a democracy, the president don't set the standard. Right. President don't set the standard. We just went through, we just went through a situation where the president, you can't follow that. You couldn't follow that. <laughs> his, standard was, his standard was a little low, right? right. So... So, but the king sets the standard. How the king operates, get, uh, this, is, this is the powerful revelation. How the king operates, every citizen in his kingdom is designed to operate the same way, right? Oh, man. We were talking this morning in the men's meeting, right? And I was sharing this with you guys. The kingdom economic system is a commonwealth economy. And what that means is that all the wealth of a kingdom is common to everybody. But the king owns it. The king owns all of the wealth, all the resources. The king owns everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And they, and, 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 and they that dwell therein. So, so 
the cattle of a thousand, all of the, the king owns everything. But we have, we have complete access to all of it. We got to know how to access it, though. Right. See, because if you know true kings, again, get out of the mind of a president. Get out of the mind of some of the, 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 the tyranny that we've seen throughout the history of, of um, kingdoms and, 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 and territories that's ruled by one person. Get that out of your mind. A true king, his greatest desire is to share his wealth with the citizens. His greatest desire, his ultimate desire is to, is to, is to, is to make you wealthy. We, we find this revelation out in Hebrews 11, chapter verse 6, where it says, He that cometh unto God must believe that he is, and that he is a remunerator, a rewarder. That remunerator literally means a kingmaker. That's why he says, I'm the king of kings and I'm the lord of lords. He's looking to make you a king and a queen. He's looking to make us lords, owners, possessors, rulers, right? He says, I'm a remunerator. Look to make another wealth is what that word means. He's looking to make us wealthy. True kings, even though they own everything, take it, man. Here, it's yours. Have, have, have your way at what, what, what? We just got to learn how to access it. How do we access it? By faith. What's the greatest way we express our faith? By our words. Paul said we have the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. The power of the spoken word is based off what you believe. What you believe is based off what you hear the king say. If you ain't heard the king say nothing, you ain't got nothing to believe. But if you hear the king speak, you believe it, you speak it, you'll experience it. So then the name and claim it is, is not a spoken word? Oh, the name and claim it. That's what. That's what. You sure? <laughs> but that's, no, that's no. People. Yeah, the name and claim it. But listen, the name and claim it is not based on the spoken word. That's, that's the only issue that I have. I'm never, listen, I'm, I'm, I, grew, I grew up on Kenneth Hagin. I'm a word of faith. I'm a word of faith. I mean, every, every book Kenneth Hagin has ever written, I possess. I've read. I've studied. So I was Kenneth Hagin to the max. So I know the word of faith. I know the strengths of the word of faith. I know the weaknesses of the word of faith. One of the weaknesses of the word of faith was the whole idea of name it and claim it or claim it and name it, however you want to say it, right? What that was based off of was you reading the scripture in the Bible, claiming it, and then naming it. You have folks claiming folks' husbands. You have folks claiming folks' wives. You have folks claiming folks' cars. You have folks claiming all kind of stuff. Claiming you drive by somebody's house. I claim that house. Nah, that ain't how this thing work. That ain't how this thing work. Man, I heard some crazy stuff. You'd be surprised. <laughs> it don't work like that. How it works is that once you hear the king speaks, everything, everything is about intimacy with the king. I'm telling you, he's a lover like you will never understand. He gets so much love for you. He just wants to spend time with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to share with you what he's created you to do. He wants to share with you what he's given you. He wants to just, he can talk to you all night long if you let him. I mean, he keep you up all night long. Loves to use his words. Use all of his words, right? That's what it's all about. It's about a father wanting to spend time. Listen, listen, listen. My grandbaby, my man Rock, just over one year old. Listen, man, sit up in my life. I can play with him all day long. That's how Father feels about us. He can just sit, he can just, he can just play, talk to us, play with us, talk to us, play with us, talk, take a break, talk to us, teach us, instruct. He all night long. If you let him, if you allow it, right? So the point is, everything is about hearing the voice of the king. Abba, Father. Hearing the voice of your father. He's father, he's daddy, he's king, he's lord, he's savior. Like he got a, a multitude of names that describe who he is to us. But the ultimate name is daddy, his father. He just wants to speak to us. And reveal to us what it is that he has for us, right? So, so the 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 claim it or name it must be based on a spoken word. Jesus, I don't know how I, it's just I, I don't know, but Jesus said, "Listen, man shall not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. It's the spoken word. It's the living word, the proceeding word that we're to live by. I know the written is all written is great. The written is great. It's wonderful. We need the written to develop the ear to hear. But we're not designed to live off the written. We're designed to live through the spoken. Once we designed to live through the spoken, we, 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 we have an ear to hear because we've read the written. Now, when the spoken comes, we can recognize the voice. So we have to we have to understand and distinguish the difference in how this thing works. The whole naming and claiming thing was just, you know, just got off into some 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 uh, some weird things, you know, <laughs> some weird things. And that's it, just what it is. It, it just the flesh gets in, gets in the way and folks just, you know, went off too far with it. But that doesn't we can't allow that to detract from the real thing. The real thing is there's power in our spoken words. We got to understand how to walk. And Bible says like this in Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. We might as well go ahead and dive I in. Mean, go ahead. Since I mean, go Since I, I let it out. Let it out. Um, uh, uh, I want to go back to the first verse, right? Verse 20 is most important. It says a man's belly, because most folks only quote verse 20. They leave out verse 21. They leave out verse 20, right? It says a man's belly shall be satisfied um, with the fruit of his lips. Now, that word, that word man's belly, right? So I know you start saying the man's belly, first thing folks think about is they, they think about the natural, they think about food, right? But, but biblically speaking, the belly is reference to the spirit of man, right? The Bible says um, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, and it searches all the inward parts of the belly, the belly is in reference to the spirit of man. So what this scripture is bringing out, the desires of the spirit, the desires of the spirit, that which is spoken to your spirit, the desires of the spirit is supposed to be the desires of God. God speaks his word into your spirit. Faith, by definition, is not the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, by definition, is God's word in your spirit. The spirit is what contains the word of God. When the Bible talks about a man's belly shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth, it's talking about that which God speaks into your spirit that you release out of your mouth, that brings satisfaction, that brings completeness, that brings a, a sense of being fulfilled to the inner man. When I'm speaking what God wants me to speak, when I'm doing what God wants me to do, I'm, I'm as complete and as fulfilled as I can possibly be. A man's belly shall be fulfilled or made complete by the, by the fruit of his mouth. The natural yield of the mouth. Right. So we're going to get to the scripture a little bit later. But the Bible says um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. Uh, when what you have in abundance in your heart. Your mouth will naturally yield. Right. You know, we used to have this saying: if you want to if you want to hear hear somebody speak the truth, then then, then uh, uh, get them drunk. Right. Because <laughs> a drunk man don't tell no lies. That's what they said. Drunk man don't tell no. Drunk man, they, they just they just let it all out. Well, 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 what's in abundance in the heart, you can't hide. Like you can try to watch your mouth a little bit. You can try to watch your mouth around certain people. But eventually something's going to slip out. Right. Something's going to slip out. Right. So out of the, the natural yield of the mouth has is, is directly connected to the to the heart. You remember when we were moving, uh, we were moving a couch into Brother Allen's house. Mm -hmm. It was me, you, Demar, and Brother Allen was there with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, my thumb got pinched. <laughs> Remember what happened? <laughs> Demar, said, Demar said he really got the spirit in him. Because <laughs> I'm sitting there, my thumb, I'm like, ah! <laughs> 
And usually at that point in time, the only thing you feel is yeah, pain, and you yeah, just come yeah, out yeah. with whatever's in there, right? right, right, right and right, I just right. bit my lip, and and that, that was it. Yeah. I didn't say anything yeah, yeah, else yeah, yeah, after yeah. that. But usually, if you hide something, something in there, it's gonna oh, come it's out gonna at come that out. point. It's gonna come out. It's gonna come out. I mean, and so we, we and, and our our responsibility is to fill our hearts. Jesus said it like this. He said it like this, and this is a great metaphor. Jesus used his first miracle. He said he told the servant. He said, "Fill the water pots to the brim." He said, and then. He filled, it with, he filled, filled the water pots to the brim with water, right? And then as he began to serve the guests, it was transformed into wine. That's a picture of how our life is to be lived. We're to fill ourselves, six represents the number of man, so that we, we represent the water pots. We're to fill ourselves with the water of the word of God, with the water of the logos represents the water. Logos represents the power of logos is that it, it does cleanse. There's a cleansing element, an uh, 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 aspect to the logos, right? So we fill ourselves, we just fill ourselves to the brim with logos. And then as we live life, God speaks his word to us and it becomes wine. And now our life becomes the, 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 the joy or we begin to experience the joy. Wine is always associated with joy. We begin to experience the joy of walking by faith. And living by the spoken word. But as if we don't fill ourselves to the water pot, to the brim with, with water, then then we don't have we don't have the ability to hear when the when the when the king is speaking his voice or releasing his word to us. And, and there'll never be a wine. There'll never be wine for us to drink from. So the idea of the heart being filled to the brim. Is it'll yield, it'll yield at the natural, the natural power of the word of God. Right. Of, 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 of the spoken word. And it says, in, in, in the increase or the production of lips, he shall be filled. Then verse 21 says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And they that, they that, that word power, it, uh, I love the word power. It actually speaks to the, to the right hand. The right hand in scripture or the right hand of the king represents favor, represents abundance, represents power. When you were seated at the, let's say it like this, Jesus is seated where? At the right hand of the majesty on high. Seated at the right hand represents a seat of power, authority, abundance, mercy, goodness, all of that. So that word power there speaks of the manifestation of the goodness and power and mercy and, and life. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. It actually means strength and power. So the tongue represents the manifestation of the power that's associated with our kingliness. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Right. For clarity's sake, I, I wrote this out. The fruit of operating in the power of the tongue. That's what it's talking about. When you learn how to operate in the power of the spoken word. And listen, I'm not just talking about the king's spoken word. I'm talking about your spoken word. Mm -hmm. Your spoken word. We won't let that sink in because most folks, they trust and they believe in the power of Jesus spoken word. They might even trust and believe in the power of the pastor spoken word. But do they really believe in the power of their spoken word? I love that because that actually goes right into about that idle word, mm. about the, the idle words that, that we speak. So can you can you dive into that a little bit? Because I feel that um, when it I don't know, actually, let me ask you, bro, because I love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love yeah. to hear my real thoughts. <laughs> so when, when you hear of idle word, what? Like, how does that, how does that sink in with you? What does that mean to you? I, I would equate it to, to the life of a shark. Life, uh, a shark is one of the most, if not the most dominant species in the ocean, right? It's, its authority is only 
surpassed by humans, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. right? If it stops moving, it will die. Mm. It has to literally keep continuing to move in order to breathe, in order to live, mm. right? So, so when I when I think of idle, I, I think I think in terms of beginning to lose life, because if we're not if we're not focused, or if we're losing focus, if we if we find ourselves wait, so you saying the shark has to stay in motion in order to breathe, in order to breathe and live, yeah. Oh, that's a great analogy. Yeah. I'm going to let you finish, and I'm going to die. Uh, <laughs> okay, because I actually thought he was about to do what he did. Yeah, I, I, I would have been okay with it. I mean, I, no, listen. No, 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 no. no, no, no. We're not look, doing that. Okay. Not. I'm the T guy. I'm the T guy. I'm being good. That's what I do. Let I me knock like that thing out. Come on. Oh, no, no, no. Let me hit that thing. Ever since that one time, I got you. Okay, okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I can take it. I can take it. But so, yeah, so the thought process is, if we are allowing ourselves to be stagnant in a certain place, we're, we're kind of giving up that authority. We're giving up that life that, that we've been, been given to, you know, to prosper and live and, 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 you know, be fruitful. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's why, how, how I look at it. No, that, that's great. No, that's real good, right? Because, because when we look at, take what you just said as far as the shark having to have movement, having to be moving and have to constantly swim in order to breathe, that, that, that hits the nail on the head when it comes to an idle word. An idle word literally means an unemployed word, mm. right? When you're unemployed or when there's no movement to mm. your life. So, so our words, so when we talk about the power of the spoken word, there's three aspects. I don't know if we mentioned them, but it means to create. Yeah, I think we did. Create, to frame, mm-hmm. to, to establish. Those are the three components of the spoken word that, that the Lord revealed to me. It's to create, the creative force in, in, in the beginning. And we look at John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the word, the word was, was God, the word was God. All things were made by him. There was not anything made that was made to him was life. Uh, and, 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 and that life was the life of men. John we'll just one, play the live back <laughs> in slow motion so we can John get one, one, two, and three, right? <laughs> so so um, the, word was, the word was there creating all things. So the word is the creative power. Then it says, by faith, we understand that the words was framed. That word, that word framed is a beautiful word. It actually means to render, mm. right? It's like, it's like things that we, we understand that now because we have computers. Mm-hmm. The, little, the little circle, it's rendering. What is it, what is it, what is it in, in the process of rendering? What is it trying to do? It's taking information. It, and it's trying to calculate all the information that's yep. being, that has been put into it and, and, and then bring to your visual, yeah. bring to your, to your sight that which you've commanded, right? The idea of framing your world by your words it's, it's things that's happening is what's beautiful about it. When it's rendering, when the computer's rendering, you don't see what's happening inside of the computer. Yeah. You don't see all the, 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 the life and the energy that's moving, that's taking place. Same thing happens in the realm of the spirit. We don't, we don't see what's happening in the realm of the spirit when we release words. Mm. When we release words, things is happening in the spirit. We got to see this. <laughs> things are happening in the spirit. Angels, are, the Bible says, angels hearken diligently, uh, diligently unto the voice of those who are the heirs of salvation. They hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord, right? When I say what the Lord has said to me, angels move on my behalf. Things are happening in the realm of the spirit that we can't see. Just like the computer rendering. When we don't see it, we can't, just because we don't see it happening inside the computer don't mean it's not happening. 
Now, fortunately, the folks who made our computer gave us that little circle to see what well, we I know was something's going on. Just thinking about that, like, what would we do we without that loading circle, yeah, yeah. man? We'd be saying, "Oh, this thing ain't happening." We're gonna shut the computer off. We cut it off. Same thing people do with life. They don't think nothing's happening in the spirit, so they quit and they give up. Yeah. Because they don't think God. They don't think that the angels are, are, are working on their behalf. They don't think that God is behind they, or whatever they think. Right? They quit and they give up. But but the rendering process, that what it means, the words frame, that word frame in Hebrews means to cause, to render. So there's things that are happening. Our words are designed to, to render or to manifest the life that God has for us, right? And then that, that's framed. Then the, the other word is established. The Bible says, thou shalt decree a thing, to Job 22, 28. And thou, and thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established. So when we create when we when we when we speak, I'm sorry, we create, we frame and we establish the thing that the king has spoken to us. Right. So when we're talking about idle words, idle words are words that don't have any corresponding actions associated with them. James picked this up beautifully. Right. But when Jesus talked about it, the verse 34 actually give us insight into what you were saying. It says, oh, generation of vipers, how can you be an evil? Speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. We referenced this earlier, right? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringing forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringing forth evil things. So what's in the heart is what's going to come forth. Right. That's why we, we, we got to fill ourselves to the brim with the word of God. When we fill ourselves to the brim with the word of God, as we go to live life, then it, that water is then, is then transformed into wine, and we experience the joy of the Lord in our life. But I say unto you, Every idle word that men shall speak. He done went to a whole nother level now. Right. He first he was talking about the evil that's in the heart of the generation of vipers. You can't bring forth because you don't have the word of the king in your heart. Right. You don't have the word of the king in your heart. You got your words in your heart. You got evil, evil. And I know I know religion will have you thinking all kind of stuff. But evil in the Bible is always associated with unbelief. Evil. Hebrews talk about the evil heart of unbelief. The unbelief. choice of unbelief, right? Not the not the ignorance of. Well, well, well. I would say both. Really? I would say both. Oh. Right? There's there's what you're talking about is disbelief and unbelief. There's a difference. Disbelief is when I when I when I decide not to believe something. That's right. that's disbelief, right. right? And unbelief unbelief can be both based off of ignorance. Okay. And it can also be based off of you not believing. Right. You not you know, you just wow. don't believe it. Remember when he when the angel came to Zacharias. No, was it Zacharias is I think it's, I think it's Zacharias. Zacharias. No, no. Uh, uh, John the Baptist's father. I think it's Zacharias. And he told him what was going to happen. He didn't believe him. He said, how, how, how can man, what are you talking about? Mm. They said, you, I'm going to shut your mouth. Uh, he said, I'm going to shut your mouth. I got to shut his mouth. Because uh, 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 disbelief will, will say stuff man, that. I wish angels would still do that today. <laughs> right. Man. man, shut his mouth. Yo, yo, angel, go hey, shut his mouth over there. Hey, shut his mouth. Hey, right. be quiet. Yeah, be quiet. <laughs> most folk talk away the manifestation that, that God has formed. But, but, but because we don't know these things, right? Idle word is a word that does not have corresponding action. Mm -hmm. See, when the king speaks a word to Aviance, Aviance receives that word. To the degree that she starts speaking that word, but she don't start acting on that word. The king speaks to Aviance, start your business tomorrow or start your business whenever. Right. Aviance receives that word. She calls me up. Papa D, I just heard I'm to start my business on this particular date. Right. That date is a month away. But she don't do nothing to prepare for that date. She don't do nothing to get ready for the grand opening. 
She don't do nothing to do nothing to prepare to, to start her business. That's an idle word she called me with. It's the will of God. It's the word of the king. But she's not associating her actions with that word that she received, that she spoke, that she believed, mm -hmm. but she ain't doing nothing with it. So can a spoken word become a lie? A spoken word can become a lie. It can become idle. It can become idle. Now, there's reasons why that could happen. Remember? So the, that's not the same as a lie. No, it's not the same as a lie. Right. A spoken word, it, it can't become a lie because how can the truth become a lie? It can become idle. It's true. Right? Oh, okay. Okay. James, I mean, uh, Jesus talked about the parable of the sower, mm -hmm. right? The kids of this world, lust for other things, enter in, and they choke the word of the king. Mm -hmm. And what happens? It becomes unfruitful, right? So there's things, so, so it wasn't that Abiyaz, it could she just didn't do it. She, she might have got distracted over here. Like, like one of my greatest challenges is not becoming distracted, right? I need to overcome distraction. I, I need to maintain the focus that I need because there's so much that God is coming to do. I, I, need a, I need a laser like focus on that, right? Or I'll get distracted because I want to help everybody. No, I got I to gotta stay focused on this. So I can't allow the cares of this world and the lust of other things and the deceitfulness of riches to enter in and choke the word of the king that's been spoken to me. Teach my people faith. I got to focus on that. I, I want to teach them about everything else. Right, right. Because 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 I because of what I know I want I want to but I got to stay focused on on this faith message. I got to stay focused on building what's God's way. I got to I got to stay focused on gospel up. These are five of the primary primary messages that the Lord's given me to, to share with the body of Christ. I got to stay focused on reparations now and why like that's the that's the will. I got to stay focused on that. I can't get distracted or that word that I've received that I've heard that I've spoken can become idle. Again, there's a mercy that's there if you do get distracted and some, yeah. you know, some things come the, up. Remember, the mercy, though, is based on what? We talked about earlier. Paul said, I, I received mercy because he acted in ignorance, right? There's a mercy there that's based on what I either don't know or hadn't heard yet. So there's a mercy, mm -hmm. but the mercy of God is always connected to what you know, what you don't know. I can be merciful. Remember when, when, Paul, when uh, God told Noah to go preach to the folks, Nineveh. Noah, let me know. I won't be bothered with them folks. And he started, he started going off, God, them folks going to do this. Them folks, he said, he said, he said but God, what am I? they don't know nothing. They folks, they don't know nothing. You tell them, you, I mean, we can be, they're ignorant. They don't know nothing, Noah. Have, you can have mercy on them, right? So the mercy of God is, is connected to the, the not knowing or the ignorance of God. So when it comes to, when it comes to, remember, the scripture says this, he that knoweth to do right and doeth it not, to him, he done missed it. See, in the kingdom of God, when the king gives you a, one of, the, one of the worst things you can do to a king is not honor his word. So what if, I guess I'm trying to be really specific with this. But it's disrespectful if, to a king not to believe him. Go ahead. What, what if, <laughs> I'm ready for another one. <laughs> <laughs> Any so, moment now. Right, right. So, so what, if, what if I have the ability to understand that I, I can get the knowledge, but I don't make the effort to do that. I, I, I just kind of never find my way. So for instance, if I, if I know that in order to learn how to cook, there's a cookbook down at the library, but I never go down to the library to get that book to learn how to cook. I just, the Bible, call you, TV the Bible will call you wicked and slothful. Okay. Oh, wow. Remember, remember that would do that really told the man with the talent. Yeah. He, who wouldn't have hit a napkin? He, he could have did something with it. He said, you wicked and slothful servant. Wow. You wicked and slothful. That's right? I mean, that's just what it is. You, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. I mean, there's a, there's a degree of our salvation 
that's 100% dependent upon us executing what it is we hear. Right, so respond. 100%. Yeah. Like, he's at rest right now. I know, I know that's, that's one of my hobbies, <laughs> I think. We don't have that. Did anybody ever get back to you? No, no, they haven't. Oh, okay, religion, religion got him working. He's sitting down, man. He's saying, listen, I've done everything I'm going to do. Y'all go to work now. I give you everything. Everything I had, Jesus, everything that I had to get my, to, to finish my work, mm -hmm. finish my course, y'all got the same thing. Now go finish it. Folk got Jesus doing, working things out. Man was preaching the other night. Jesus, Jesus going to work this out in your life. Jesus ain't working that now. <laughs> These people, that's religion though. Uh, listen, listen. Listen, I, 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 listen, to the glory of God, I'm not coming down folk, but that ain't how this thing work. It's right there in the word of God. We just got, we just got to take the time See, it's hard, though, when you grow up, when, yes. you, when you've been mentored, Absolutely. when you've been trained in, in theology school, and you got doctors in theology and, and all this other stuff that they put you through. I, to, the, I, to the glory of God, I didn't, grow up, I didn't grow up church. I never went to church a day in my life. And to the glory of God, the man who God sent me to to submit my life to didn't make me go to seminary. He wanted me to. He asked me to go now. Mm. And I went. But when he saw that it was an interruption to my already my already um, forensic study habits of the word of God. Oh, uh, I don't even know if I want to say this. But anyway, and I say this to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. It got to the point in the classroom where the teacher wouldn't bring forth instruction until he talked to me about it first. Wow. What you think about this, Demaris? I'm going to talk about this today in class. What you think about this? <laughs> so, wait, I would just like to know that what happened in that class that he felt the need to run things by you now? Oh, you know no. why. You know what I mean? You no, don't know. No, I don't even know why you need no, that. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you what happened. No, I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm going to tell you what happened. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell, tell you what happened. No, man, listen. Pop's sitting in that chair like, I need to hold up, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you what happened. What book is that? Uh, <laughs> okay. Hold no, on, wasn't hold that. Let me, let me get no, what that. No, what happened was, no, the folk, no, the, it, was like, it was like nine students in, the, in this classroom. Listen. The folks start, when stuff came up, folks start asking me, like, what you think about that? What you think about that? Started with the students, listen. And it got to the point, no, seriously, it got to the point, the Lord told me, he said, don't you say another word. Don't you say another word. Because I saw what was happening. They was losing confidence in the teacher. Oh. I saw what was happening, right? He said, don't you say another word. So, I, so probably the last half of the classroom, I kind of I deferred from saying a whole lot, right? But I, and I said it to the glory of God that, that because I was unchurched, because I didn't go through the religious teachings and seminaries and things of that nature, that I was able to read what was written and I was able to receive what I was hearing. And, and the Lord did put Brother Allen in my life. You know, the man, I mean, talking about the wealth of revelation <laughs> that this man has. Like, like, that was my school. Like, that was my school. Um, I, 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 actually, I actually spent hours upon hours of sitting at his feet and just, and just soaking in everything, you know. And so... Um, so I was so ahead. studious. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was so studious that I didn't need the structure of school. See, school was, a lot of times, school was nece necessary for certain people because if they didn't go to school, they wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. But it was just the opposite for me. And again, I say that to the glory of God because, listen, I, I, listen, I never read a book in all my life from middle school right on through college. I never read a book from cover, uh, Sports Illustrated, maybe. But I never <laughs> read a book at all. No, I never read a book. He did just say that. Yeah, Sports yeah, Illustrated. He did. That was about it. I would read. But you're talking about reading something for education purposes? Not at all. Yep. I was all about football. Everything was about football. That's what, I mean, this is what it was. When the glory of God came on me, oh, my goodness. It was just football, Abby. It was just football. It was just about football. It was football.
And yet you're here. Listen. God, Listen. To God be the glory. Be the glory. Yes. When the Spirit of God came on me to start studying and reading, uh -huh. I couldn't stop reading the thing. I couldn't stop studying it. Okay. Well, maybe, I couldn't stop breaking it down. You know, depending on what, what group of age you're around, let's not tell that story. Okay. Okay. okay All right. That's great. We're going to keep that like 18 and above. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but, but every idle word, let's finish that. Every idle word that man shall speak, he said he shall be, he shall be uh, held accountable for on the day of judgment. Again, an idle word is when the king speaks a word, you receive it, mm -hmm. you then speak it, but you don't have any corresponding action connected to it. That's an idle word, right? It says, by thy words thou shalt be justified. I love this, I, this thought. The word justified has to do with being in right standing with the king and his will for your life. It has, it has a twofold meaning. It both speaks to your position and then it speaks to the vitality of your life. It's positional in the sense that we are made, we are, we are rightly aligned positionally with the king. We've declared Jesus to be our king. Now, that's the word for righteous righteousness has to speak to am I doing what the king has deployed me to do within the confines of his kingdom. Now, by thy words, thou shalt be established in your righteousness. Are you doing what it is that I have prescribed for you to do in my kingdom? By thy words, because I, I starts with me speaking a word to you. This is what I would have you to do in my kingdom, Aramis. I would have you to produce a sound so that my people can be blessed. Right. You produce a sound so that my people can be blessed. Now you do that. Now you are walking in the righteousness that he's granted to you because you believe you are being established in your righteousness. If you decide you want to do something else. Now you're not you're positionally right, but you're not walking in righteousness. That's the difference. You're doing what the king would have you to do by thy words, by thy words, words that begin the process of executing the king of the will of the king. Thou shalt be justified. You'll be established as right because you're doing, you're established as right because you're doing what it is that I've called you to do. That's the second aspect of righteousness. I don't want people to get confused. There's two aspects to it. There's, there's the position of righteousness and then there's the execution of your righteousness, there's the actions of righteousness. A lot of us think the actions of righteousness is what makes us right. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Believing is what made you right. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. That's positionally. But then there's the actions of righteousness. Once I'm positioned right, now the king has something he wants me to do. My words begin the process of me doing what it is the king wants me to do, right? And then it says, and by that word thou shalt be sentenced to shame. That's that word condemns me. Oh, man, sentenced to shame. Now, that may not sound like a lot. That may sound like, oh, he's getting away with murder. He's getting away with something. All he got to do with shame. But what we don't understand is shame. Shame is the foundation for sickness, for disease, for death, for degradation, yep. for ruin. Shame. Everything's beginning with shame. Condemnation. That's why Jesus came to eliminate condemnation. He came to cleanse our conscience from, that's why he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful just to cleanse us, to forgive us, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's the cleansing of the conscience which, which harbors shame and guilt that causes the destruction of man. It's rooted in condemnation. That's why he came to eliminate condemnation. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because condemnation can be traced back. You can trace everything back from sickness, disease, death, all of those things to the sense of shame and guilt and condemnation. So when you're sentenced to condemnation, that's like a death sentence. That's like a death sentence. But because we don't understand that, we look, oh, ain't no big deal. Okay. If you don't deal with the shame. Oh, right, yeah, for sure. problems, right? So, so yeah, that, that, that's the idea of the power of the spoken word. You know, 
our ability to create, our ability to, to frame our world, our ability to uh, establish the, the salvation that, that God has for us, it all begins with the power of the spoken word. That's, that, I mean, there's so much. There's so much connected to the power of spoken word. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Well, I know that we have about three three minutes left, but I really, yes. Can you please go there? <laughs> because I just, this, and this yeah. is why. We're, we're going to do this in three minutes. Yeah, yeah we're okay? going to try. We're going to try. I'm going to try to do this. In three minutes. Here we go. Okay. I just want you to, to, to speak on, and bro, if you have thoughts as well, but I love how James put this yeah. out as like, for, for the horse and, yeah. and, and, and for a ship, like our tongue is so little, but it right. leads this full body into where we go. Listen, James, <laughs> I, I, James I is the thing out of the park. Most folks misunderstand James though, because, because James, I mean, he, he, he talked about it from, from chapter verse one and chapter three of James to verse one through 10. He brings out the power of the spoken word and the metaphors he used um, as it relates to the rudder being able to change the direction of a ship speaks to how we can turn our life. So, so there may be somebody listening to us that is, that's going through a living hell. Well, how do you begin to turn your life from the direction of destruction to the direction of prosperity? It begins with what you say. Are you looking at your situation saying, I ain't going to never get out of this. I ain't going to never get out of debt. I ain't going to never overcome this. I ain't going to never amount to anything. I ain't gonna, are, you, are you saying that? Or are you going to say, I'm going to overcome this situation? I'm more than a conqueror. I can get out of this situation. I'm going to change my circumstance. Are you, talking, are you talking words of faith, right? Are you saying those things because you're hearing those things? So, so James is saying, listen, the same way the, the rudder controls the ship. So when I was younger, uh, me and my dad, we, we, we lived uh, next to Lake Michigan. No, the Detroit River, I'm sorry, and which, which goes into Lake Michigan. Uh, but the Detroit River, there would be, it, we lived at the turning point for these, these ta the tankers that would come to drop off the automotive parts uh, to, to the plants. They would come right past, right past the park. We used to go up to it, and they would, and they would go down, and they would turn, make this big old turn. And me and my father used to sit there and watch them ride past us, make the turn, and come back. But I used to get so bored. <laughs> and I think that's the thing, too. Like, has there ever been in life? You are trying to make a change, but it just seems like it's, it's taking, taking so long. forever. Right. It used to take him so long to turn to make the turn. I said, Daddy, why is it taking him so long? <laughs> he said, son, he said, son, if it went up there and it whipped, it would lose all of its cargo. See, this this moving parts to your life that you God just you just can't jerk it and change it because you'll throw everything out of whack. So so the tongue works as it as a as a as a rudder that causes the tankers to turn, but it may turn slowly. Yeah. It turns slow, so you can't get weary and well doing. In due season, you reap if you don't quit. You just got to keep saying it. You got to keep saying it. Don't stop saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. It may take six months. It may take a year. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. It's going to turn, right? So the, the tongue is, is spoken of metaphorically as being the, the dictator of how these tankers that weighs tons of pounds, how these tankers are turned in the midst of the sea. And then it talks about the horse which is one of the most powerful animals on the planet, how we put a bit in the horse's mouth and we're able to control the direction of the horse. Yeah. We're able to tame the horse by what, we, by, by what we say. We're able to tame and control our life by what we say. Our words are powerful. James went on to talk about this. Now, I want, to, I want to talk on this part, right? Because a lot of folks, they get this all mixed up. It says, but the tongue, verse 8, but the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly evil and full of deadly poison. See, you can't control what you say, what you're going to say. You're going to say whatever you're going to say. Okay. But James said, no man can tame. It's speaking of the natural power of man. But we just read what determines what comes out of your mouth. What's in abundance in your heart. Right. 
If you try to do it in your natural strength now, you try to control the tongue in your natural might, it ain't going to happen. Right. But if you put the word of God in your heart, mm -hmm. you feed yourself to the brim with the word of God, you hear, you hear the spoken word of God, that's going to control the tongue. Yeah. That's how you control your tongue. Not by might, nor by power, but by the spirit of the living God. So, you, so James wasn't saying you can't control your tongue. Mm -hmm. He was saying in your natural strength, you can't control your tongue. But the tongue is the product or it's, a, it's designed to be the product of what's in the abundance in the heart. Right. So James wasn't saying that we can't control what we say. It says, but therewith we bless God, the father, and therewith we curse, we curse men, which are made in the similitude of God. He said, out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. He said, my brother, these things ought not be. The church must realize how important their, their spoken word is. I get the word of the king. That's one thing. But your word. Your words will determine whether or not you justify or condemn. Last thought. Jesus said this in Mark 11. He said, listen, whatsoever you shall say unto the mountain. Whosoever, I'm sorry, whosoever says say unto this mountain, be that whosoever, that whosoever included you and I. It's what we say to our circumstances that determines whether or not those circumstances will be in our life or not. Now, religion going to say, well, God will move your mountain. Don't worry about it. God got you. God got you back. God's in control. No, that ain't what Jesus said. That ain't what the king said, though. He said, he said what you say matters. What you say to the mountain. Yep. Your words, our words, your spoken word. I know, this, I know folk are going to get upset about this, but your spoken word is just as powerful when you speak it as when the king spoke it. Just as powerful. He's given us that authority. Right. Centurion servant. Listen, I know how this thing works. <laughs> he said, I know how this thing works. You ain't got to come with me. <laughs> no, I know how this thing works. The same authority you speak with, I speak with. Yeah. The same authority our king speaks. See, the Bible says he's king of kings and lord of lords. Yeah. We got to believe it. We got to believe it. We have a power in our spoken word that can move angels, that'll move governments, that'll move circumstances. He said it like this, the same way God operates, he calls things which be not as though they were. Why? Because they are. We can call things which be not as though they were because they are. We just got to see them as they are. We got to see them as they are. Folks don't see things as they are, then they ain't going to say it. We got to see how God sees. Okay, we better stop. I can, I can keep going. <laughs> I keep going. I keep going. Okay. Take us out. Well, if, cause if there is any thought, I love that though, Papa Dean, and I hope one day we can talk about how God is not in Oh, yeah, Just we got to get to it. because of how powerful we are and the power that he has given yeah. us, we, you know, we probably need to touch yeah. on that. But that would be for another podcast. <laughs> she's about to get me going. Now, then she's going to be banging. She's going to be fussing me out. out and she me. chose to keep right. you going. She's going to fuss at me. This right here means done. That's it. So, um, until next time, thank you for joining us. Make sure you comment, like, share. If you have any questions, please let us know. Until then, be safe and be blessed. <laughs>